You're listening to In My Father's House with our pastor and teacher, Mike Venizio, Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Fellowship in New York City, New York. In my Father's house, there's a place for me. In my Father's house, where I long to be, oh, my heart will not be troubled. I remember what you said. For in such an hour as you think not, the Son of Man comes. So, we are to watch and to wait and also to be busy. You know, I like what one writer said, and I quote, We're not on the time committee as it relates to this doctrine, but we're rather on the preparations committee. So, here's the question. Are you prepared and ready to meet him? If he came today, would you be prepared and ready to meet him? Do you know Christ? We've been hearing for centuries that Jesus' second coming could happen at any moment. As believers, it's impossible for us to not speculate and wonder at when our Savior will return for us. But Jesus told us that no one can know when it's going to happen apart from God. It could be in the next few minutes, or it could be another hundred years from now. As Pastor Mike will encourage us in today's message, this great unknown should stir us into action, preparing the way for our Redeemer. Now here's Pastor Mike in the book of 2 Peter chapter 3 as he continues his message, Regeneration and the Word of God. The Bible Society would accept whatever farm produce the village folks should offer in exchange for the scriptures. They would accept even rice straw ropes, brooms, and other such items. Listen, when the boy heard that announcement, he felt that his opportunity had come. He would make straw rope. He thought he was the happiest boy in the world. He could not stop smiling. As soon as he returned home, he began to make rice straw rope. He started early in the morning and worked late into the night. By the time the Bible truck came to the village, he had made 455 feet of rope. As soon as the truck stopped in front of the village church, he ran to it carrying the bundle of rope in both arms. He handed it to the man in charge who gave him a beautiful copy of the New Testament. When his hands held the copy, two lines of tears were flowing down his cheeks, but his face was bright and smiling. Maybe that's our problem. It's too easy for us to have a Bible. If we had to perform some laborious task to have a Bible, maybe we would appreciate it more. Listen, gang, if the Word hasn't had that place in your life as God intended it to have, listen, what do we need to do? Just confess your sin to God at this very moment. Pray the prayer that's recorded for us by David, also in the 119th Psalm in verse 18, when there he declared, 
Open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things of thy law. And listen, every time you open up God's word, you will also discover wondrous things about God, who he is, and his wanting to do that work within our lives. Get into the word so he can speak to us daily. Verses 3 and 4. Peter says, knowing this first, that scoffers will come in the last days, walking according to their own lusts, and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. Uh, Peter tells us here that one of the recognizable characteristics of the last days will be, and listen, I believe that more than ever before, we're living in those last days. In fact, Jesus himself, by his words, gave a certain uh, signs uh, concerning uh, the last days. For example, he said that there would be wars and rumors of wars. There would be perplexity among nations with no way out. Doesn't that describe the current scene between Russia and uh, Ukraine? Jesus also went on and gave us further signs. He said that, that there would be pestilences throughout the world. And if the COVID-19 virus doesn't fall into that category, I don't know what does. So listen, we are living in the last days. And I think more than ever before, we need to get serious about the study of God's Word and the application of God's Word and our living in relationship to God's Word. Well, anyway, getting back to our study, one of the recognizable characteristics of the last days, according to Peter, will be, notice here in our text, the appearance of these scoffers who will refute the claims of God's holy word, the Bible. Now, there will be different manifestations and announcements concerning this issue, and we'll get into some of those announcements and other issues in just a a moment. But notice, Peter here focuses in on and zeroes in on the doctrine of the second coming of Jesus uh, Christ. So obviously, this one major doctrine that comes under attack by these scoffers is Christ's second coming. Why is that? Because this doctrine represents so many things. It's all-encompassing, which declares, for example, God is in control. The scoffers don't like that, and that's the very reason why Jesus is coming back again, to claim what is rightfully his, that is the world that he has created. And so it uh, tells us, it teaches us that God is in control. That's the reason why he's coming back. It also tells us that God has a purpose. God has a purpose for all of mankind, and that's also the reason why Jesus is coming a second time. And that also that there will be a final retribution. That's what also the uh, claim of uh, Christ's second uh, coming uh, represents. He's going to make all of the wrongs right. He's going to judge the earth. So these scoffers don't like any of these truths. So that's the reason why it's under attack. And that's the uh, doctrine that is under attack that Peter draws our attention to here in our uh, text. But as I see this, the major problem here is that these voices of unbelief don't originate outside of the church, but notice from within. And this is pretty scary. Notice it's indicated by Peter himself here in our uh, text. You see, the church is infested with these scoffers. They've crept in unawares, notice, and they're seeking to subvert and water down and discredit God's word. Now, we shouldn't be surprised by this because there are many 
uh, references to this very thing throughout the New Testament. Let me give you a cross-reference. For example, in the book of Jude, which is only one chapter, and in verse 4 of Jude, we read, For certain men have crept in unnoticed long ago. They were marked out for this condemnation. Ungodly men who turn the grace of our God into lewdness and deny the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus uh, Christ. So, these scoffers are seeking to turn the hearts of believers from the truth of God's word. Gang, listen, the fundamentals of our faith today are under attack. They're being called into a question. And it's happening in our pulpits, it's happening in our seminaries, and it is happening in our homes via all different means of communications, radio, uh, TV, and so many other ways. And, and those people who uh, are trying to advance these false uh, teachings make apologies and excuses for the truth of God's Word. Now, in contrast to this, for example, the psalmist declares in the 19th Psalm in verse 7, he says, The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. Hold on to that. Never forget that truth. Now, that begs the question, why did the scoffers of Peter's day deny Christ's return? And I believe that it's the same reasons why today they deny the claim concerning Christ's second uh, coming. The references to Christ's second coming, uh, first of all, is not some obscure uh, doctrine, uh, both in the Old and New Testament alike, it addresses itself uh, to that doctrine. Uh, for example, in 36 out of 42 of the Old Testament uh, prophets make mention uh, of it. They address themselves uh, to it. In the New Testament, there are over 300 verses that refer to it. Jesus himself spoke of it 21 times. And in other scriptures, we are exhorted no less than 50 times to make sure we are ready for this event taking place. That is, that we're ready for Christ's second uh, coming. That when he comes, we wouldn't be uh, ashamed. We would be ready to receive him. So let's go back to that question one more time. Why did the scoffers of Peter's day deny Christ? Well, as I mentioned, it's not because it was an obscure doctrine not referred to or mentioned in the, in the scriptures. So let me add to this list. First of all, I believe that liberal theologians, uh, if Christ comes back again, would be proven to be liberal liars. You see, Christ's second coming, the teaching and the doctrine of Christ's second coming, delivers a death blow to liberalism. You know, remember what it says in the book of Galatians in chapter 6 and verse 7. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man sows, that also shall he reap. Another reason why I believe that these scoffers don't or refute the uh, second coming of Christ's uh, doctrine is that rationalistic theories would be exposed as false. You know, men uh, doing what is right in their own eyes. Listen, those who suggest the Bible is not God's word, but contain God's word, would be in for a rude awakening as they discover all of God's word is true. You know, they choose and select those portions of Scripture which they believe to be God's Word, and then 
Uh, they refute the other ones. They discard the other ones. But all of God's Word is true. It's all a part of the canon of God's uh, Word. Another reason scoffers deny Christ's return is scoffers are usually nominal uh, Christians. And so they would shy away from anything that might have any tinge of fanaticism. They're not going to be fanatical about the relationship uh, with God. So they shy away from the teaching, they refute the teaching of the second coming of Jesus Christ. It's too fanatical. And then also those so-called intellectual Christians, we'll put them in the same category, are fearful that they may be classified as ignoramuses if they were to stoop to such a fantastic belief in the return of uh, Christ. And then there are yet another group that teaches that the kingdom of God will be brought in, ushered in, by the efforts of humans. That humans would actually lobby and legislate uh, for uh, righteousness. That the church will convert the world. That's called kingdom theology. You're probably familiar with that term. And they boldly assert that the world is getting better. And they teach that soon we'll reach the golden age. Well, folks, let me tell you something. Christ's coming is contrary to that viewpoint. In fact, the Bible teaches otherwise. The, the, the Bible tells us that things are going to get worse leading up to the second coming of Jesus Christ. In fact, that's some of the reason why he's coming, to put an end to all of, of that. But most commonly, there's the man who wants to live for himself. He has set up his patterns, his plans, who has no time to think about Christ's return, his interference. He set up his own idols, is not concerned about waiting for God's Son to uh, return. He doesn't want to anything to interfere with the lifestyle that he's accustomed uh, to. Folks, remember, the chief scoffer is the devil, who refutes all the claims of God. He blinds the minds of men and women who would believe. He tempts men and women to choose men's theories in opposition to God's revealed truth through his word. Listen, the devil hates the idea of Christ's second coming. Why? Because when Christ comes, or just prior to his coming, he knows that his time is short, that things are winding down. Ultimately, he's going to be taken, as is recorded for us in the book of Revelation. He and the Antichrist and the false prophet, and they're going to be cast into the lake of fire. So he knows his time is short. So scoffers, there are many of them in our day, you don't have to go so far to find them. So to every born-again, right-on believer, God declares, like for example in the book of James in chapter 5 and verse 8, make sure that you're ready for his second coming. James puts it this way, be patient, establish your heart, for his coming is at hand. Listen gang, Christianity is not for the faint of heart. Jesus will return. Believe it, receive it. Uh, more importantly, watch for it. Live your life in relationship to that uh, fact. In fact, uh, we are told in the scriptures that he that hath this hope, that is the hope of Jesus coming back uh, for the church, purifies himself even as he is pure. So the whole idea, the teaching, the doctrine of Christ's second coming has a purifying effect upon us. Jesus said in Matthew's Gospel in chapter 24, in verse 44, Therefore be ye also ready, 
For in such an hour as you think not, the Son of Man comes. So, we are to watch and to wait and also to be busy. You know, I like what one writer said, and I quote, We're not on the time committee as it relates to this doctrine, but we're rather on the preparations committee. So, here's the question. Are you prepared and ready to meet him? If he came today, would you be prepared and ready to meet him? Do you know Christ? Is there oil in your uh, lamp? You know, I'm reminded of the parable that Jesus spoke of. It's the parable of the wise and foolish virgins. I'm going to ask you to turn there. And uh, I'd like to read that parable in its entirety. So turn with me to Matthew's Gospel in chapter 25. And let's begin in verse 1. And then we'll draw out from it the, the lessons that are contained within it. Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise and five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and uh, slept. So the idea here is they knew that the bridegroom was going to come back uh, for them, but he was delayed, so they went to uh, sleep. And at verse 6, And at midnight a cry was heard, Suddenly, notice, Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose, all ten of them. They trimmed their lamps. They began to make preparations. But the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. So obviously five of them, the foolish ones, weren't completely and totally prepared to meet the bridegroom. But the wise answered, saying, No, lest there should not be enough for us and you, but go rather to those who sell and buy for yourself. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding, and the door was shut. So those that were ready and prepared were rewarded. And notice the door was shut. On what? Shut on all of their pain, all of their sorrow, all of the wicked world, uh, all of the temptations of the devil, all of their doubts, all of their fears. I hope and trust that that will be our experience as well. Well, anyway, it goes on to declare, And afterward, the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us, the foolish five. But he answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. Watch therefore, and then Jesus draws this conclusion, Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. Now, this analogy of the oil in the lamps, Oil, as we know, is a symbol of the Holy uh, Spirit. So this is the way that we prepare ourselves for the second coming of Jesus uh, Christ. This is how we make ourselves uh, ready. That is, we are walking in the Spirit. We are filled with the Spirit. We are filled with the oil of the Spirit. Listen, there's no other way to prepare and to be ready to meet the Lord. We need to give ourselves to that work of God's Holy Spirit within our lives. So, Again, a couple of questions. Is the Lord the Lord of your life? Are you in fellowship with Him? And listen, if not, bow before Him at this moment in humble repentance. His coming is near. 
You see, unless you know him as Lord and Savior, you're not ready and prepared to meet him. You need to believe on him. You need to go to his word. You need to get hold of the message of the scriptures that are contained within it. Don't be a scoffer in any which way or form. Take him at his word, cover to cover. From the first book of the Bible, the book of Genesis, to the last book of the Bible, the book of Revelation, and everything in between. Accept his truth wholeheartedly. Don't be like these scoffers, you know, picking and choosing, which is, you know, God's word and which is not God's word. And accept Christ's coming again as one of the pinnacle truths of Scripture upon which the church today uh, stands. Listen, this is our hope. And that's the reason why the second coming of Christ is referred to as the blessed hope. It's the blessed hope of the church when he comes back again to make all of the wrongs right. So, do you know Christ as your Savior and Lord? Listen, maybe you have religion, but at the same time you don't have Jesus. So, what do we need to do? Just come to Jesus and come to him now. Listen, you don't need to understand all of the great doctrines and truths that are recorded in the Bible, contained within the Bible, to come. You just come exactly the way that you are. Now, someone may respond to that, uh, what I've just said, and say, well, Pastor Mike, I'm going to get around to coming uh, one day. You see, I'm still working uh, on it. Listen, just act upon what is sure and what you do know about God, you know, and who he is. And more than anything else, what do we know about God? We know that God loves us supremely. And also I want you to remember in the way that we are to come to Christ. Jesus put it this way in Matthew's Gospel in chapter 18 and verse 3. Unless you become converted and become like a child, you shall not enter into the kingdom of God. And so listen, if you're willing to humble yourself in God's sight, as a little child humbles himself before his parents or her parents, honoring and respecting them, you just come to Jesus, and thus you can be saved. So will you at this moment believe upon Jesus? Listen, he died and rose again that we might have life. He's wonderful. He loves you. Trust him. Trust them right now and see. Let me lead you in a word of prayer before Ricky comes back and closes out our entire service with that one final worship song. Join me together in prayer. Father, we thank you, God, for your uh, for these exhortations that are served up for us here in uh, Peter's epistle. We thank you also for your word, the full canon of Scripture. May we live our lives in accordance, in agreement with all that is contained within it. And may it prepare us for Christ coming back for his bride, the church. God, we thank you. Lord, make, help us to make sure that we have oil in our lamps. That we've just given ourselves to the work and the ministry and the operation of the Holy Spirit. In my Father's house, there's a place for me. In my Father's house. You've been listening to In My Father's House, a ministry of Harvest Christian Fellowship with Pastor Mike Venezio. Thanks for tuning in. Throughout the book of 2 Peter, there are two obvious themes, maturity and growth. As difficult as those two things can be, they're necessary as a believer in Jesus. After all, they're stepping stones to holy living. What is holy living? 
It's setting yourself apart from all that is worldly and living into all that is pure and good. Jesus knew this wouldn't be easy on your own, so the Holy Spirit was given to help guide you through the growing pains. If you're wrestling with growing in the ways of Jesus, you're not alone. If you're struggling to obtain maturity as a Christian, you're not alone in that either. This life isn't easy, and the world constantly throws temptations. But lean into Jesus, cast your cares on Him, and don't give up. You can do it in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening today to In My Father's House. You can explore more of these messages by searching for In My Father's House with Mike Venizio on your favorite podcast platform. And be sure to subscribe. If you're looking for a place in Midtown Manhattan to come together with others and worship Jesus, we'd love to have you join us this Sunday for worship at Harvest Christian Fellowship. You'll find directions and service times at harvestnyc.org. If this broadcast is an encouragement to you, would you consider supporting us? If so, you can do this securely on our website, harvestnyc.org. Thanks for listening today to In My Father's House.